Hello, everybody. Welcome to the uh, ADHD cast. Tony here. Um, today on the AD, on the old cast, you're like tuning in. You're thinking it's indie comics time. No, we're not indie comics today. We're talking music. And back back in the saddle was here before to talk about his brilliant comic strip, uh, laptop nerdcore rapper MC Lars. How are you, friend? Hi, Tony. Thanks for talking to me again, dude. This is of course my honor, as I'm a huge fan of yours, as you know, as as I as I fangirled out all over you when we <laughs> talked last time about how much I love your comic and your music, of course, because it's like. And again, still, I love the new album, which we're here to talk about, but I'm sorry to say Space Game's still my favorite. Thanks. Always That's and sweet. forever, Space Game, no matter what. And of course, we're here with your new collaborator, somebody I've not met until just right now. From from the depths, from the depths of hell slash sure. New York, Schaefer the Dark Lord. Sir, how are Hi, you? Hi, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having us. Welcome to the show. So this is exciting for me. So... I get the thing from Lars. It's like, hey, Lars is doing a Kickstarter. I was like, whatever that is, click purchase. So, Thank sold. you. <laughs> Before I was like, yep. Um, and then I saw what it was, and I was like, oh, that's even better. So, um, Shaper before. So Lars did his whole intro before. So people who've not, heard, I'll link to that show so you can go back and listen to Lars and I nerd out. So, Heller Shaper, if they don't, if people are unfamiliar with you and who you are, and, um. Tell everybody just a bit about you, and then we'll get into what this amazing Disney-based project is. Sure. Um, I am a rapper, and uh, uh, at some point in the past 20 years, I was kind of uh, adopted by the nerdcore scene. And I've, I've written a share of, like, you know, pop culture-heavy songs, but um, I feel like my real angle is I write songs about sex and drugs and therapy and Satan. Okay. <laughs> usually dwell on pretty dark topics but I, it's um most of my stuff as i get uh, as i get older is more introspective and about emotional health <laughs> and that's okay i think that i think we need to be here for that and you've made your own david lynch movie and then a song about the david lynch mm -hmm. movie which is brilliant people link in the show notes to that lovely piece of joy i mean honestly I think you just made a song that everybody in the world has thought about a David Lynch movie. So I just appreciated <laughs> that you are like, I don't think we're going to write the song, but I'm going to make the movie too. So that was amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. A, a huge, huge David Lynch fan. Uh, yeah. And and yet we're not sure. Like, so did you go, have you been to the, the to the town where they filmed Twin Peaks? Have you ever been there? Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Snow Call Me Falls. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Several times. Yeah. Um, uh, been to the yeah to the diner several times. Been to the waterfall several times, and the building that stood in for the Great Northern Hotel. Uh, I've been to the I I went on like a little side trip one of the times and went and sought out some locations. Like I found the um, sort of crumbling train tracks where uh, Ronette Pulaski walked across. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm a huge. You're all in. I'm such a Twin Peaks nerd. Yeah. No, that's okay. That's excellent. I love that. <laughs> Have you ever been there, Lars? It's worth a trip if you've never gone. No, I want to go. I mean, I I definitely. Learned a lot about Twin Peaks from Schaefer. And <laughs> I'm looking at now, like, this, so the Salish Lodge and Spa, Spa is a real hotel that the where they filmed the external shots of Twin Peaks Lodge. Mm -hmm. Have you ever stayed there, Schaefer? It's probably like no, mad expensive. No, uh, no yeah. but they, I've gone in. I've, I've spent some money in their gift shop because they, they definitely know why Looky Loo's are coming to Looky Loo. Oh, for sure. I went and looked Lou back when the back because I'm old. So I went, you know, when the show was out, like, you know, right sure. after that, like that's when I, I mean, I watched that in real time. I it's have I have the whole series on VHS with the original commercials from 1990. Yeah. So. Seriously. Oh, my God. Those that 
I bow to you. I'm done. That's the, that's the <laughs> show, everybody. Oh, wait. No. Okay. That's awesome. So you're a rapper. We know MC Lars is a rapper. So you guys are, you said you were adopted by the nerd core scene. So like it was just one day you were like rap busking on the street and Lars came up when he was living in Brooklyn and he put his arm around you. He said, let me, let me take you in. Let me take you in and adopt you. How did it work? No, it wasn't, it wasn't like that, but I I feel like (laughs) Lars and I had a similar thing kind of happened that we both started out um, making music and we were just indie rappers, just kind of like doing our own thing. And at some point, 2006, 2007, this online community that was like community that was uh, interacting on bulletin boards uh, was calling itself nerdcore because they were nerdy people they're writing songs about nerdy stuff and i think they just started identifying other people that were like oh here's a person there's this indie musician who's doing this thing that definitely fits our criteria they're part of our thing and i was so excited that like more than 10 people were interested in what i was doing <laughs> that i started playing like nerdcore events because i'm like there are people there that are interested and i feel like lars like had really kind of carved out his own path before before he even heard the term nerdcore as well you were a laptop rapper that was your that was your thing that was the laptop ep which is the first time hey. i saw you yeah yeah when you opened for bowling pursuit yeah that's what's up that's yeah. cool tony yeah like the, yeah, and you saw me with suburban legends and like yeah. my early years were doing the sampling pop punk bands and opening for them but suddenly i did a show with friend a lot and shaper was open for that show randomly in boston and in what 2006 2007 i think january of 07 and it was like it was like one fifth the people who were coming to see suburban legends but they spent so much more on merch and i was like (laughs) oh this is going to be the next 15 years of my business nice because because it was like they're enthusiastic they didn't go to a lot of shows they um were really sweet and really generous and pop punk is fine but it kind of I feel like the gimmick that I was doing in that scene only lasted so long. Cause then like guys like Asher Roth rapping over Weezer and all these other people were coming up doing it. So it wasn't to do the lap rap with a laptop by 2007 was yeah. kind of played out. Yeah. And then Nerdcore was about to be played out. It just took two years. And then after that, <laughs> you guys got a whole documentary though. Yeah, that's true. The documentary, two documentaries and we rode the nostalgia wave. Nice. And, and now so that's tight. That's hey, <laughs> and now here you are writing your own nostalgia wave with this album. So the album, the 999 album, is a a haunting look back on um your Disney <laughs> right. childhood. Um, which again, for sure. I mean, and I'm a big Peter, like one of the five greatest books I have commit, I submit one of the five greatest books ever written is J.M. Barry's Peter Pan. Um, and I do, but you know, Tink is a monster. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> so um, so I love your Tink song because I the EP is out, right? And um, so I have that and the Tink song. I'm like, somebody, you guys get it. She's she's a villain. Like you, everybody loves her, and I have little Tinkerbells. There's one right here. I have them all over my house. However, <laughs> she's a bit of a monster, and I appreciated that you leaned into that. So what was the reason? Like, just you guys were like, you know who needs to be taken down a peg? those bastards over at Disney? Or is it like, you know what we love creepily for no good reason? Disney, what was the reason? How did you guys come to decide to do this and why together? Hmm. Lars, you want to take it? Well, yeah, I'll take it. So we went on, we went to Disney World. Our, we did, we toured right before COVID. We went on the Haunted Mansion ride. Mm. It was part of our tour. On tour, we just had time. And Schaefer had never been to a Disney Park or Haunted Mansion. And we both were like, it was so cool seeing how much he loved it, seeing it for the first time. And I was like, 
I've always been so interested in the mythology of of the haunted mansion story and different in its iteration in different parks. So I was like, gosh, let's wouldn't it be cool to make a whole record about the mythology of the haunted mansion? And I was like, Schaefer, we should do this. And then we were like, well, maybe it'd be more interesting to to do some haunted mansion songs because there are two on the album. But talk about all the other creepy stuff in the Disney world. And 999 came to mind as album because you know in the haunted mansion they're like there are 999 ghosts there's room for one more oh spooky Ooh, yeah. and it's <laughs> so you. here you're the one more right love it yes so it's cool and then the song <laughs> really no windows no doors i mean it's such a graphic thing they take you in and they're like you're not getting out but there's always my way and then the right. guy's hanging from the roof dead and it's like <laughs> Kids are like, this is it a suicide? How who did the ghost murder this person? So the song is like, what happens when uh <laughs> the only way to escape is through one unspeakable act? Yeah. That was Schaefer's lyric because, like, we're like, we can't directly talk about suicide or something like that in a funny way. We have to talk about the themes in a in a way that touches on them tangentially. And I think, yeah, there's so much in Disney to to talk about, just but. Okay, so that's how we came up with the album. That's hey, awesome. yeah, no, yeah. that's that's a great lyric, though. I mean, and the song bangs, by the way, too. I love it. Thank it's, you. It's one of those ones that you can loop, and you just like I I do all the I'm the family chef, um, and so like I'm that's music time for me. I've, I I haven't left the house without headphones since I was like twelve, but like yeah. so I've got my little over ear headphones and I'm out there. And since I've got this, was it last week? You guys put the EP out. That has just been on, and it's only like fifteen minutes the EP, but man concert but that one like that's the one that you're done you just want to back up and listen to that one again before you start over because that's it, so nice oh, thank you it's, it's so catchy and fun and you guys made a like a video with the scenes from the movie yeah, made, lyric, yeah. yeah there's a there's a lyric video for it um, for that song yeah, yeah. and if that and because those were the things from the trailer you guys were or does disney are there no no you're like disney's paying <laughs> attention to us who the well, hell are we? they they flag the video and they're getting all the re re revenue because it's their yeah. content which is fine but that was uh yeah, that guy who did it had done like a lot of cool nerdcore YouTube like lyric videos. And um, I think for like Daddy Fat Snaps and some other people who are dope in the scene. So I hit him up and and that, yeah, the guy did that video and I loved how it came out. But we had to wait till there was enough footage for the trailers because right, we did yeah. it before the movie came out. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, I thought I, it all is really fun. It's such a fun album. So it's like, so Schaefer, you said you like to do dark stuff and there are some definitely dark stuff. And again, the Tink song, it <laughs> takes you to places. Um, <laughs> but so is this, is this, and you're saying as you get older, but this is, you're looking back on your childhood. So is that part of it? Or you're analyzing like, as you're like, the music is kind of therapy. You're like also thinking back. I'm like, oh, I, like even because the G for trauma song, like, holy shit, this is all facts. Um <laughs> everything in there is true. You guys don't embellish anything. You just make it rhyme. So, which I, which I love. So is that, that, is that what this is? Is this like, you're looking at this dark place and you're feeling like, where did it come from? Oh, it was, it's just always there. It's everywhere. It is the culture. It's, you know, it's, I, I it's, that's a great question. I think it's, it's a number of different things for different songs. And a lot of songs, it was, you know, we wanted to like, find the spooky stuff in the Disney universe. But as we started, like we didn't have to start digging very deep to find out like everything is littered with, with death and, and trauma and, and supernatural stuff and witchcraft. There's all kinds of weird, dark things already existing in, in Disney. It's, it's just there. So in a lot of them, it was like kind of pointing them out and 
really hammering on them to be like, no, really look at this part of the movie. Right. In some cases, it was like just pointing it out to use like as a metaphor for kind of coping with some other kind of upsetting experience you've had and, and kind of like in a way of like taking it back and whistling past the cemetery or whatever. If, if, if you know, you're if you're you've suffered like loss and maybe you find like us kind of unpacking the loss in a particular song, some somehow comforting. In some cases, like like the Tink of the Tink of the Fay, the Tinkerbell song, that was just me being goofy because it, I first like name Urbell. Because uh, yeah, first, first name, name Tink. Tink. Yeah, because I'd like <laughs> I'd like I had only recently learned about um the sort of um mythology of fairies and how they're different around the, the world. And speci- specifically, they're mostly really mischievous and and kind of destructive demons like they're rarely like it's a very western conceit to have them be like you know friendly and colorful and and appealing to children and then um so uh i just thought that that one was obvious there was just a kind of a softball just hanging over home plate there to be like murder wendy in the book i mean that's just that's just what happens that's not even like you don't even have to read into it like point blank she tells toodles to shoot wendy so so we we took a song we we took a song and we just we just took Peter Pan out of the story we just made it about the Darling family and them dealing with this house monster <laughs> I like that it. destroys their lives. Yeah, I think but, it's it, it's fun and it's it's because I'm I love deconstruction right I mean and I think you know I think deconstruction is an important way for us to to engage with art and I think that you guys are making art about art. You're commenting on it because that's what we do. Like, you know, it sucks that the first programs that are always cut in schools are art programs, but it's like, what do we do all day to entertain ourselves as art? We listen to music, we watch TV, we do whatever. That's all art. And our cars are designed a certain way by artists. And yet they're like, cut art, which is insane. But you guys just are leaning into the fact that, no, no, we are shaped by art and we will continue to make it and... Whether that, you know, so I think that is a fun way to do it, because if you're not thinking about it, it, it sits in there, it resonates with you anyway. And I think that's why the Chief for Trauma song is so smart, because whether you thought, like you said, just calling it out or like Tinkerbell is kind of a monster, you just call it out and people are like, oh, yeah, I did. I did feel a certain way, but I was so caught up by the by the goofy talking animals that are in all the Disney movies. Right. There's always has to be that to distract you from the hideousness a little bit. So, I yeah, I, it's it's it's. Um, it's interesting. I like, I like that there are so many adult creatives now who, who grew up, uh, you know, being inspired by art or just being entertained by art who are now able to look back on these things from their childhoods and, and like kind of take them apart and rewrite them and repurpose them and like, and, and use it to kind of explain a point of view. I just, I've, you know, it's that whole thing of like art that is inspired by art. And building upon it, fan art and fan fiction and 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 anything like that, I find to be a lot of fun and a, a, like a fun world to, to kind of play around in. Um, and I mean, we make hip hop, and hip hop was like built on sampling, so it's also art made by art. Art made by art. That's totally true. And so, what was the so what? How does it work? So, like, you write together? Is it is it you are writing separate and you share? You're like you come up with the theme, or you're like. I've got that cool idea for a song and then you send it and then you add stuff to it. Cause like sometimes you trade off and sometimes like in, in the magician's apprentice one, you know, it's, there's, there's two distinct characters that you're playing. So is that, is that part of the writing process? How, how does that work? Let's, let's get nerdy and technical about it. What's, what is it? 
And then when will Peter Jackson be making the 17 hour documentary about the making of this <laughs> album? I need that's the follow up question. Right. Uh, well, we did. We first we had to figure out what we're going to write about. And so we made like a Google Docs and we just added to it. And then we've tried to figure out uh, who like some songs I wrote all the lyrics, some songs Schaefer wrote all the lyrics or I'd write parts and he'd write a verse. So we it was a lot of emailing back and forth. And then we wrapped it over like temporary beats that our producer, Rich Matthew, changed a bit and that would change the flow. But a lot of it, it was really seamless because it was like the Black Cauldron song, for example. I really love that movie. So I took the reins on that. The Tinkerbell song was that was all Schaefer's idea. So then I came in to do a verse about uh malevolent supernatural entities and other cultures. And so it was like that was fun. So it's like we 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 it was about 50-50 on the concepts and then we'd do scaffolding for the other person to finish them. So it was yeah. pretty tight. Yeah. yeah. We we definitely <laughs> we were experimenting with different ways of 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 collaborating that we hadn't done before. Uh they were they felt like they were all kind of had their own um, structure to them that we hadn't really done before. And it, it really worked well because we have a long history of working on music together before this album. And so we were able to just kind of really play with it. So you got a shorthand. And so did you, so you're, you, I mean, you're not that far away from each other geographically. So did you go and record together? Or did you re record separately? No, it's all recorded separately. All, all of the, the writing and all of the recording was done separately. We're um, I've, I've seen, Lars a couple of times during the process of working on this album, but the times that I've seen him, we have not worked on the album at all. <laughs> we've talked about it. We've used it to yeah. update, but we're, we we're did a photo shoot. We did a photo shoot. We did a photo shoot. We talked about the album then we, um, but we didn't do any recording. No, yeah. we, <laughs> that's because, all been done online. And that was cool. Cause like we have our little home studios. I mean, it's interesting, dude, how like cheap and easy and fun album making can be now when you have the right tools and the right collaborator it's like I'm sure you feel it like writing when you have the right concept in the right context it flows it yeah. can be the easiest thing in the world or it can be the most hard difficult horrendous thing in the world and like this record was very fun and easy to make which in my experience when an album of mine has been fun and easy to make it's the one that fans <laughs> like ironically <laughs> so um yeah uh, that it was fast i mean we, we launched a kickstarter in june or may and we finished the record basically like last month yeah, and, but we didn't stop right well, we finished we finished recording last month we're still like you're still mixing because the whole album's not out mixes. as of right. talk the ep's out yeah right. and that yeah. was that was really just uh for to like advance folks for interviews and to give the the kickstarter supporters you know something to show them like hey we it is coming along we just didn't really want to rush it because we were like racing toward this this kind of arbitrary deadline given ourselves but and i'm so glad that we pumped the brakes on that and said you know what here's an ep instead because uh, there's like kind of some magic in there that we need to well and in the kickstarter feed no one was mad when you yeah. guys said hey guys here's the here's the ep no one was like boo there were no virtual tomatoes uh, i know like, cool thanks see if <laughs> yeah, it had been was just cool. me they would be mad but nobody gets can get mad at mc lars because look at him Oh, look at yeah. what a what a charming, <laughs> joyful beast he is. Well, that's sweet. Well, that's because our fans are so nice. I mean, when I did my zombie dinosaur record, it came out five months after it was supposed to. And it was people were cool about it. You know, I mean, as long as you tell them, if you just yeah. dip with their money, <laughs> that's not. Well, and I think at all. that's it with anything that you do in Kickstarter. I mean, it always says on the Kickstarter, you know, spot, it's not a guarantee, but I've never 
no Kickstarter that I've ever supported have I not. I mean, some haven't filled. And so therefore, you know, they didn't take the money, but I've never supported the Kickstarter and then didn't get something. And even if it's just running late or whatever, like, you know, hey, postage is more. So it's going to take a little bit longer to get to you or whatever the thing is. And you're like, all right. Yeah, because, you know, you're it's such a cool idea. And like you talked about, Lars, how now that you've got your own home studio and it's so much different from even like, I mean, I mean, the difference between like when you guys started, the, you know, this 15 year difference, it's, it's almost like the Stone Age, you know, it's like hmm. such a weird, different way. Yeah. But yeah. also the way that you get to people, not just like making it in your house and the fact that you guys didn't even need to get together, but like that ability to reach fans, that idea of kickstarting or using your Patreon you know, to get, to get to people, has that changed? Does that change or does that put more pressure on you? Like if you're self-financing the record, you're like, you'll get it when you get it. But the fact that you did this, does that, does that frustrate the art in any way? Or does that make it a little more freeing? Cause you're like these, like you said, Lars, these are the people who are supportive. These are our fans. Anyway, we know they're going to be cool. Well, I, yeah, Shane, you both what do you have think? Patreon. So I would love yeah. to know like yeah. how that has changed the way that you interact with your art and your fans. Uh, the thing that I've liked uh, that I like about anything that is subscription based or or reward based, you know, Patreon, Kickstarter, except uh, et cetera. I the the benefit for me is the urgency that it gives it. It gives it a, that it gives it a timeline um, because if left to my own devices, I will George Lucas something for years <laughs> and oh, no. just never let it go and like be very precious about every note and and every syllable of everything. Um, and I had a hard time breaking away from that, but starting a Patreon, you know, four years ago and having this like monthly schedule and promising more content than I had any right to do, uh, has been really beneficial to me because I feel like I've found a balance where I don't feel like I'm phoning things in or just not, not caring about it because, you know, it's time sensitive, but all, but like still putting the same quality of work into it, but just like finding a point during it where I'm like, this is done. I can't work on this any longer. I have to keep moving. And that that's been the that's the only way that it's changed the way I interact with the actual art itself for my audience on Patreon. I still like I don't pander to them at all. I still just kind of write whatever it is, whatever I want to. And sometimes that's challenging and ugly and difficult and alienating. But I keep doing it because I'm like, hey, I I stuck to my schedule this month and I deserve rewards. But working on this one, I, I think was like, I'm not so quite as, con I haven't been quite as concerned about the audience, but I don't, there is no filter usually between me and releasing something. So working on something collaboratively with Lars has been really helpful too, to be like, I, sometimes I just can't even tell, like, is, it, is am I making, is this, a, am I making a mistake here with this particular song? So uh, the answer's that's been, been no, right? Lars, the answer has been no, you're not. Or Never. Or yeah. yeah. We're all pretty <laughs> honest with each other about our demos and stuff and like one song that was technically very hard or different was the pleasure island song which is the pinocchio oh, nice. song okay. that where they take them to the to the uh island and it's a sea shanty because it's the song they sing on the boat oh nice as they're taken to kids to oh amazing that's that I, is the most honestly that was that is the most terrifying moment of all the Disney movies of my childhood. Is that, that is, it's I hate oof. that. That whole se sequence is so dark, and um, there's a it's a it's a pretty like epic storyteller track that's about again doesn't we, we wrote a song that's a technically about the Pinocchio universe, but Pinocchio is not in it. It's just about Pleasure Island and nice and, okay uh, cool. It's um, so it's like Pinocchio meets Coleridge. 
Is that what it is? Yeah. There's yeah. Of the American. And <laughs> nice. it just, and I'm it, here yeah. for that. It, it very much is. That's kind of what it is. Well, and it's, it's just like five minutes for you to think about <laughs> child trafficking. Oh, because that's, that's real. I mean, we're not really we didn't use it as a metaphor. We just told the story as it was in in the movie. And like, you can figure it out because they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But it's still. um, Yeah, uh, that's that's like it, it was such a dark moment in his in Disney to uncover, which I wasn't didn't really have a very familiar uh, memory of at the time we were writing it. Um, and then after watching it again a couple of times was like it's so horrifying. And, it is. It is. That that's my favorite song on the album. Oh, when the good. kids when when the kid is crying that he wants to behave when he's being turned into a donkey and wants his mom so sad. It's, it's too worse. late. Oh my god! He doesn't he doesn't turn all the way and they're like, oh, you know, we got to What we got to do? Oh, no, nothing good. Yeah, it is. It is pretty horrific. Yeah, and and I couldn't even bring myself to watch the Del Toro one because I was like, well, that is that's gonna oh, be yeah, yeah. stuff of nightmare. So I didn't I didn't do it. Um, well, this is amazing. And I know, you know, you guys are, I appreciate, you know, I know it's late where we're recording. It's early when you're listening or late when you're listening, or it's Australia when you're listening, whatever time (laughs) it is there, that's when you're listening. But we actually, Comics in Motion, where this will come out on one of the feeds, Paul's going to put it out on his feed too. Comics in Motion, we get lots of downloads in India. So good morning, India, as you're listening to this. I haven't figured out what they love about the Comics in Motion feed, but you guys will be big there, I guess. Um, (laughs) Finally. Yeah, finally. So, okay. So tell everybody, so we're coming to the end. So um, two, two final questions and then you'll say your thing. So what is, was there, is there, was there something on the cutting room floor? Like, was there some horrific, is there going to be, you know, is there going to be 1000, 1001? Will that album exist? Is this something (laughs) you want to revisit this? Like, you're like, oh man, we didn't quite crack that scary thing. So we'll have to come back to it. Well, I think there are a few ideas that we didn't end up doing that were good that we could revisit. I don't know if we'd do another full Disney record, but I, I there was a song about Mickey's Christmas, Mickey's Christmas Carol about the death of Tiny Tim that Oof. like I wanted to write about. And we had an idea of doing like a song about the Star Tours ride, but that felt too much in the Star Wars universe. That could mm. be its own thing. Sure. Um, and I really wanted to, I, I was really trying to make a black hole song mm. happen. Uh, I watched it again a couple of times and started writing notes and I just couldn't, I just couldn't get the right grasp on it and didn't, it felt it was starting to feel belabored. So I moved on, but I'd still so it'll like be to on the 10th anniversary reissue. You put it out on like, you'll put it out <laughs> on like purple wax or something and that'll be, you'll save it for then. Yeah. All right. That's, that's amazing. Tight. Yeah. Okay. And so the final question before you plug everything and say everybody where, where everybody can get you, um, you guys said, and I don't know if you can give away, so it may be a secret, because in the Kickstarter notes, it said um, there's some, the, the reason that not all the tracks are finished is because there's some guest vocalists or background vocalists. Can we, can you give everybody a sneak peek of who, whose other voices yeah. besides yours we're going to hear? There's uh, a rapper named JT Music, a, a great nerdcore duo, Stupendium, a British uh, amazing artist. And then MC Snacks, who's a Canadian rapper. And then there are some uh, Jordan Katz, who produced the De La Soul record and won a, gr- a Grammy for that. Uh, or at least he was nominated. He pl- he did a bunch of string parts, banjo and mandolin on our Pinocchio song. And uh, we have a, yeah, some cool stuff like that. And Schaefer is good at add some live drums. Right. Oh, yeah. 
You yeah. play drums. So, you can see if you want people, this is a great, look at that segue, Lars. You set me right up. So if you were to go to the, <laughs> if people wanted to see video of you playing drums, Schaefer, how would they, where would they find you? Because I've seen video of you playing drums. I've seen you play drums in an MCA tribute video, which is delightful as well. While wow. you're rapping MCA lyrics and playing the drums, which although Mike D is the drummer, but still I will let it pass. Um, I will, because it was amazing to see. So if people wanted to see all that, how could they find it? Uh, well, the best the best way to find it any any thing of mine is to just go to shaferthedarklord.com. It's a pretty simple website. It's mostly just a bunch of links to social media platforms, so you can find my Patreon and YouTube and Instagram, etc. That way. There you go, Lars. Where, where MC are Lars. you? MCLars.com, same sort of links and everything like that. And uh, I'm just glad I get to talk to you guys, and it's real been real cool. It's been and Spotify. Cool. As well, Spotify. We've talked. We talked about that when you were on before. And again, link in the show notes to that. Like, I, I have a complicated relationship with Spotify because I'd rather buy a record. But I know you said that you don't mind it because even if it gives you some money a month, you know, like you want people. I suck because I buy it and then I download it and listen to it offline, and then I'm not streaming it. So I'm actually only giving you money once. Where people who buy That's it fine. and then That's... stream it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so nice of you though yeah i'm not i'm a i'm old and i even have like an old you know i have mp3 player and i download stuff and listen offline so where will people get this though this particular when this is done and the kickstarter's done and so people who weren't part of the kickstarter i know how i'll get it you'll send me an email and it'll be like hey it's in your kickstarter file where will everybody else get it uh the the full album will release um in january uh but there will be some, we'll be releasing some singles along the way and those will be available on Spotify. And okay. if you follow us on any social media, we'll be plugging the hell out of every time we drop. Okay. Are you going to do physical? <laughs> will there be any special physical yeah. printings? Nice. There, there's a vinyl and we're, we've had just physical distribution for the other vinyl. So it'll be in stores. So look nice. for that in the hip hop section. Yeah. I think that's always look a for fun that in the hip hop section. I love that. They're, that's, that that's back. I love that record stores. Are back. That's exciting. Right. I mean, the, it's yeah, cool. That is cool. Gen X will never die. We will never die. Although everybody forgets about us. Um, this was amazing. Thank you for this. So everybody, you can just go to my website, arfarina.com. You can meet me there, send me notes, subscribe to my newsletter, whatever. Most importantly, get this record. Listen to these guys. Um, the thing that I love about Nerdcore, both of you guys, as, as a nerd, um, I love that you guys are just like, I can write about things that I care about or that I find interesting and I'll make them interesting. And it doesn't have to be, um, there's no, you know, plug and play anything with you guys. You never know what you're going to get. And that is the joy of what you both make. So thank you for making lovely oh, art. Thank in the you. World. You're a really right. good host. Great yeah. interviewer. Thanks. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard that. I'm going to clip that and we're going to Lars as Lars said, okay, we'll see, you. see everybody next time. Bye. Peace. Bye guys.